like Denver's a beer city and Utah has, well, Utah alcohol laws. I'm going to segue myself into the Buccaneers. If there's three things that are guaranteed in this life, it's death taxes and the Vikings will beat the Saints in the playoffs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast, episode 20. We made it to cow. the big 2-0. Uh, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Justin Wright. Hello, gang. How's it going, Justin? It's it's going okay. It's been kind of a long day, but we're we're here. I'm ready to talk about some football, so it'll be all right. I am also here. I am ready to talk about some football. There's some football I'm not ready to talk about, but we're going to talk about <laughs> it all regardless. Yeah, I just want to say it was a great week for my team. We didn't lose at all. We we had a bye. Boy, not same on both fronts. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's uh ice. I suppose it's, I, I feel like I'm jumping the gun. I feel like we need to need to chit chat a little bit. Need to just but, uh, grease the like, wheels. Man, there's a couple of games I was really surprised by this week, and the Seahawks game was one of them. Yeah, we can them, get that out of the way. I, I didn't imagine them dropping a game to the Giants. I don't think a lot of people did, uh, myself included. That was, I'll just say it now, that's my upsetting game of the week. Even though it was an upset, there was a bigger upset we'll get to. Yeah, it's it's also my upsetting game. Um, no no disrespect for the to the man, but you guys lost to Colt McCoy. We did. And that's that's kind of got to be upsetting. Well, <laughs> that's not. What, I don't know. What. Colt McCoy of the two quarterbacks that played on Sunday in that game was not the quarterback that I think has the yips right now. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit earlier that you're you think Russell Wilson's got the yips huh I think he does or I think the closest thing to the yips we're gonna see out of a football player you know it's usually a quote-unquote disease that they say uh, baseball players catch more than anybody but uh, I think Russell Wilson has it or some variation of it right now he's just things that I know he's done a million times perfect in the past things that should be second nature. He's just screwing up. It just, just dumb, dumb stuff. Uh, I think it's something he's going to get over. I hope he gets over it soon because December is not a good time to start playing your worst football. But I think about not only this loss to the giants, but kind of really Russell Wilson over the last month has not been himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, the numbers kind of support that over the last month of, uh, Last five games for Seattle were two and three, lost three of the last five. But Russell Wilson specifically, uh, over those five games, he has a six touchdown to five interception ratio. Whereas before that, uh, from the beginning of the season up to our game with Buffalo, he had a 26 touchdown to six interception ratio. So wow. he's fallen off big in that category, but it's not just the stats and stuff that you see on the on the box score it's just things he I've noticed that just shouldn't be a problem for him that is like I know in our loss against the Rams a few weeks ago we had a couple of dumb penalties one of which was a delay a game penalty that he just let the clock the play clock completely expire and, and there's a giant giant play clock clown, counting down right in front of him in that new stadium there in 
SoFi Stadium. I mean, it, it was right in front of him and he just, and then he was surprised when we got the delay game penalty. Like he clearly didn't even notice the clock. And then when I noticed this last week against the Giants was there was a couple dropbacks he made where he just held on to the ball for way, way too long. Like I'm talking, it felt like seven or eight seconds. And then he took these horrible sacks where we lost like 12 yards or more and put us in just really tough situations all afternoon. You know, he did have one interception against New York. It wasn't really his fault. That one, it got picked because he got tipped at the line and it was a, but it just weird stuff, weird stuff out of Russell Wilson that I'm not used to seeing, um, you know, and here we are eight years into his career and I t- I've talked so much about it and I still am. I feel very lucky to have someone like Russell Wilson be the quarterback of this team in the face of our franchise, but it's just super, super weird right now. And I hope he gets over it soon. This week should be a perfect opportunity for that. We do play the jets, although we just struggled with one New York team. We might struggle with the other. Yeah. And that's on, on a serious note. And then also a funny note later, the Jets, I think, are right now they're the they're the laughing stock of the league. You know, haven't won a game. Uh, they <laughs> and that's a whole other thing that they we'll tried, get to later. They uh, tried pretty hard not to win their game this week. Yeah, but yeah, they're like actively, you know, throwing games. It seems like, which may or may not be true. And so I think a lot of teams are going in, kind of just like, oh, this will be a cakewalk win. And if, I don't think the Seahawks will make that mistake, but they could. God, we better not make it twice because I think that's what we did a little bit with the Giants. I I, I don't imagine it happening, but it's not without out possibility that the Jets take it, and that would be... You think I'm upset now if we lose to the Jets? I, I do think the Giants' defense is actually kind of underrated. I think they're a lot better than people think they are. Yeah, and... And we visited a little bit about this after the Seattle game. Um, I had called you to make sure you're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, kudos um, to Justin. Gave me a call within five minutes after it was over. Yeah. But the the Giants been switching out that D-line a little bit ever since they've had uh, – oh, gosh, I should have – I knew I had issues with names and I didn't prepare it. So we're just going to roll with it. But they've had um guy go on IR and they've been switching people around and – and it it's actually done pretty well. Some of those those players that are playing different positions than they usually do are are thriving. Yeah, they looked they looked good against us. And again, it was an uncharacteristic day for our offense. Seattle's offense only put up twelve points. Well, technically ten because two of those points were a safety uh, because of a blocked punt on our special team. So actually, ten points is all our offense put up. Uh, that's the lowest total so far this season for the team and it I mean yeah they the Giants came to play I mean I give them credit uh we just weren't ready and I will say our defense I thought looked okay um again you were talking about the Colt McCoy led Giants but still like our defense wasn't giving up the typical dumb plays like I said most of the stupidity was coming on our offense for the what seemed like a change so also, I need to redact my previous statement. Um, I looked up who I was thinking of, and I was thinking about the Bills. Oh. I was thinking about uh, Matt Milano. Well, another New York team that beat us this year, so I can so see. I, I apologize to the numerous Giant fans that I know listen to the podcast. Please 
forgive me. I, Do we have Giants fans that list? I don't know any Giants fans, honestly. I, I don't, also don't know any Giants fans. If I did know them, uh, I wouldn't want to talk to them after this weekend. So I didn't hear from anybody claiming to be a Giants fan this weekend. I don't think I know any. If, if I f- am forgetting you out there, and I do know you and you're a Giants fan, I'm sorry. But, yeah, just uncharacteristic no. stuff out of Seattle. Uh, I really hope we right the ship this week against the Jets. It's a weird sentence to even say we we should. And, I mean, I if, if this doesn't make the team mad, I don't know what will, but we got to get it figured out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, your Bucks were on a bye, so you didn't have to worry about. Yeah, thank goodness. Any um, of this. Although next week we play Minnesota, which could be potentially very scary. Yeah, Minnesota's, uh, we talked about it last week on the show, very weird team right now. Just got to, again, you were kind of talking last week about how a lot of their wins aren't really banner wins. Uh, and again, to have to beat the Jags in overtime. Yeah, that's, I was talking to another guy that works at the school with me and he was, he's a, he's a Vikings fan. He's like, yeah, like almost all of our wins have been ugly wins. Yeah. But this thing is NFL doesn't care how you get your wins. A yeah. win is a win. And a win is a win. Yeah. I still think the Vikings will take that last playoff spot. I said it last week. I will stick to those guns. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the other uh, other yep. game that was a surprise this week. Yeah. Uh, you, um, you, why don't you take it? Yeah. So uh, the Washington football team and Steelers game. This is my upset game of the week. We're kind of going backwards of the way we usually go. Yeah. Mine too. But. but the Steelers went in what eleven and zero, and they left eleven and one. Which you know, Jared, I think you've said it on the podcast before, but you you were saying like you thought they were a pretty weak eleven and zero team. I, I, a lot of people, I think, had that general consensus. Yeah, and and they year. have had a fairly easy schedule, although they have had you know the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah, it's been a fairly. Really nice little schedule for them. You know, they, they had the Cowboys earlier this year, and that was barely <laughs> barely a Cowboys team, yeah. Yeah. But And, you know, the Steelers played kind of the way I think people expected them to the first half of that game because the, the football team, I don't think they scored until the second half unless it was late in the first. Yeah. Uh, they, had second... to, they had to rally from 14 down. I know that. Yeah, uh... so – and, oh, I should look up the score box here because I was just uh, re-watching the highlights here before the podcast. You know, the Steelers defense was kind of just holding them and doing what the Steelers defense usually does. Yeah, you know, it kind of looked early on. And again, I I mean, I don't think many of us got to watch a lot of it. First off, it wasn't on local stations. <laughs> yeah. But also three o'clock on a Monday afternoon is a little hard for most people to sit down and watch football. But I uh, I know that for a while there, it did look like it might be a blowout and Pittsburgh might do exactly what they were quote unquote supposed to do to Washington. Mm-hmm. But man, give some credit to Alex Smith. Let's give that man a round of applause. Yeah. He literally played until his leg was, or he was playing with his leg just bleeding. Yeah. Okay. So his, his non-injured leg, not his non-surgery leg, but yes, he, he took a cleat, right? Yeah. He I got- should, I should say that. Yeah. <laughs> He got cleated pretty good. And he, yeah, I saw the picture where there was blood coming out of his sock and yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it looked gnarly, but he gutted through it, man. That guy is a fighter. It, I mean, I don't know how you could give comeback player of the year this year to anybody other than Alex Smith. And that we talked about it kind of jokingly on the show last week. We said, what if 
Washington goes into Pittsburgh and does this, I don't want to really sit here and say we called it. I will say who did call it, though, uh, the biggest Steelers fan I know, my dad said, this will be the game we lose. <laughs> he said, just you watch. He said, because I've watched the Steelers do this for years. And, uh, man, he he nailed it. I That was – I think – Oh, goes. Sorry. I was just going to say, we, we said it last week that if Washington did this, you really, I think have to consider them the favorite to win the NFC East. And Mm -hmm. I think I do. The only thing is they're tied with New York right now, five and seven, a New York team who I just saw firsthand is pretty decent too. uh, And New York has actually beaten Washington twice this year already. So they hold the tiebreaker could be huge. yeah, it, it'll come down. I still think ultimately the, the football team is the better football team. I think right now, you know, they had a stru- a tough start when and when Alex Smith got in there. And I think this is a team that's really hurt by the fact that they didn't have the preseason. Because in that preseason, who would have been taking most of the snaps at quarterback? Alex Smith, I yeah. would assume. And that would have helped him kind of gel and get back into the swing of things because – there's nothing that prepares you for a game like actually playing in a game. And that's one of the reasons there's been preseason and, and watching Alex Smith played. Okay. You know, he, he played that first game back in. It wasn't anything banner. He, you know, he had Aaron Donald riding on his back. Yeah. And his leg didn't give out. So that was good. But we see him as he's getting more comfortable, more and more comfortable back in that pocket. You know, he, he played really good football this past this past week yeah he just needed some time under his belt I mean that's really what it comes down to you know just to get back in the swing of things and I think he's starting to really feel that rhythm now and uh you know if this I just go ahead go ahead oh I was gonna say and I've I've said it before and we've talked about that Washington team has some really good pieces on it and they've they've faltered in the past you know under different leadership and i think ron riviera is coming in you know he you could definitely see especially i think in the past few games that the coaching is better there than it has been in the past well and here's another thing with ron rivera um he is done receiving his uh treatments his cancer treatments now that's a oh excellent i hadn't heard that he was done about a month ago maybe a little less than uh that's a distraction that's out of his life now yeah. And he, he's able to, I think, more just focus on football, something he loves to do. And I think it's starting to show in that respect, too. So Washington yeah. and New York are, I, I mean, at this point, I think it's going to be one of those two that wins the NFC East. Yeah. And I'm looking at the remainder of the games for Washington. They've got San Francisco, the Seahawks, Carolina, and the Eagles. And then New York has it loads cardinals browns ravens and cowboys i i'd be hard pressed to say which of those two teams has the tougher schedule i mean i would say probably new york has the tougher one just yeah just hearing those names yeah i'd say a little bit but it comes down to those last four games they they are done with division games until the end except except for uh yeah the end sorry i kind of the the Cowboys and the Eagles should be in a division of their own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, uh, breaking news tonight on Tuesday night, they have benched Carson Wentz. They're going to go with Jalen Hurts starting yeah. on Sunday against the Saints. So 
I said what it last a week. Crucible. Trial by fire, man. I said it last week. I think you just you have to see what you have in the kid. And at this point, I think at least for the rest of this season, unless something catastrophic happens, you have to stick with Jalen Hurts because if you don't and you you flip flop and you put Wentz back in, it's going to shake both their confidence. I mean, I think Wentz's confidence is already probably taking a pretty massive hit, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give or keep your confidence with Jalen hurts. Um, if you're able to. Yeah. I don't, I, I still, I don't think that this is the right choice. I think you're just throwing him to the wolves at this point to appease whatever higher power, you know, the fans, the ownership, something, and I think I think it's gonna screw screw up Jalen Hurts' development potentially and hurt the team in the long run. Yeah, but the other thing is too, I look at it this way is he needs game experience. He needs more than a play on a Monday night game. He needs it, it, I mean, it sounds kind of harsh, but he needs to take some hits and he needs to take some losses. I mean, he need every quarterback but, needs that. Yes, and I agree, but usually you let them sit for a year, learn behind the veteran quarterback, because the NFL is not college. The Broncos situation a couple weeks ago, where a guy that had played college quarterback was able to complete, what, one, two passes? Something like that. In a full game. I mean, they didn't have him throw very much, but I see what you're saying. Still, it is not the, the easy conversion, and that's why... Not all quarterbacks can make it onto an NFL roster. That's not a, not all quarterbacks can start, even if they were good in college. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. Like that bench time behind a veteran quarterback, a veteran mentor is super invaluable. Also, I think right now what we're talking about with the Eagles is there's no, like it's a lose lose at this point. And I think this off season at the end of this season, a lot of heads are going to roll in Philly I think that Doug Peterson might be gone. I think that there's going to be a massive house cleaning, or at least there should be. And I don't know. They're just in a really tough spot right now. And there's no, I guess, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. And I could be wrong, but they've, I, I think, yeah, they are at blow it up point. It's uh, it's just rough in Philly. It's rough. And it, they were the team that going into the season, I thought was going to, win this NFC East. And I think they might be one of the furthest teams from it now. So yeah, kudos to Washington and New York. I will say, I wanted to point out too that Pittsburgh's defense played fairly well. Uh, I, I, I saw some good things out of the Washington defense as well. I hadn't really thought of them as a, as a great defense this year. They're, they're better than I, than I thought. And I, I will fully admit, I, I have not watched very much Washington football team football this year. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of nervous to have the Seahawks play him in a couple weeks after the egg we just laid against the Giants. I can't imagine it's going to be much better against Washington. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, NFC East still obviously the worst division in football. But I think your teams that are fighting for the top spot, I think you can legitimately talk about them as contenders to make the playoffs. Well, and and Jared – we both have degrees in history. I feel like I should point out before going on. And one of the things we talk about in history education or learning about history is you shouldn't speculate on the what ifs because the what ifs cannot happen at this point. Yep. It's pointless. It's pointless to speculate. 
So that being said, let me speculate on a what if. Right. I was like, that's a lot of what we do here, though. I do have to wonder what would have happened, say, if Coach Ron, Coach Riviera, or Rivera, sorry, I, I always mispronounce it. You Coach Rivera it. Um, hadn't been having cancer treatment if if they had the preseason, if minus the preseason, even if they'd started Alex Smith at the beginning, which I know wasn't the, wasn't the move. So that, if this had been a quote unquote normal year. Yeah. Where the Washington football team and even, even the giants, if, if they had had the preseason where those teams would be and would we still be making fun of this division nearly as much? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, and with the giants, you can say what would happen if Saquon Barkley didn't have a season ending injury in week two. Yeah. And I mean, there's, we could play this what if game forever, but I think if you're talking in normal year, these teams healthy as could be, uh, I think you are looking at a pretty different NFC East and Washington. I don't know. They might be the team that would be, I don't want to say running away with it, but. And I mean, right now Washington is on a, on a nice little winning streak. I still think they've, they've dropped some games in the past couple in the past stretch, uh, you know, month or so that, that I uh, that I question I should say you know dropping the game against Detroit was yeah that was ugly great. that was ugly but then um, you look at the way they just beat down Dallas on Thanksgiving and yeah it was Dallas who's yeah really nothing to write home about this year but they're and here's what I wanted to say about their win against the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Monday I looked at the stats and the comparisons and what kind of blew me away about it was Washington didn't dominate in any one facet. They just Mm -hmm. did all these little things right to barely edge out Pittsburgh in a lot of these categories. Like time Mm -hmm. of possession was pretty even first downs, pretty even penalties. Actually Washington had more penalties against them Uh, yards. They actually had less than Pittsburgh but they held, they did things like they held Pittsburgh's rushing attack to 21 yards on 14 carries. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, they did the little things right and they did enough of them to overtake the Steelers. And that's what I think's kind of most impressive about the whole thing was they just did, they just out footballed the Steelers. Like that's what it was. Well, they are the football team. So true. If any team should out football anybody, it is the football team. And I will say James Conner was on the COVID reserve list. So they were, the Steelers were with their backup, Benny Snell, um, who is nothing to sneeze at. Maybe not a good way to phrase that in COVID times, uh, but he's no one to overlook, but he is not James Conner, who is true. a significantly better ball carrier. Uh, but big Ben himself made a decent amount of mistakes too. So yeah, you had a pick. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, even after Pittsburgh's win against Baltimore last week, uh, from what I heard, coach Mike Tomlin was not pleased with their performance last week. So I can only imagine how displeased he was this mm-hmm. week. Uh, I don't think it says a lot about Pittsburgh, honestly. Like I think it no, just it- reaffirms what I've said before, what you've said before, this is not a team who I think can compete when all is said and done with Kansas city or maybe even Buffalo. Yeah. I want to see how, how things go in the next few weeks before I make any bigger assessments. And we're, we're about at the end of the season and, and we'll talk about it when we get to, you know, the week before the playoffs, if the Washington football team continues to play in, in the manner that they did this past week, they could potentially be a little bit of a, 
little bit of a hitch in the giddy up for somebody. Yeah, it's there. I mean, whether it's Washington or New York, I think whoever gets that draw to go play in either uh, DC or NYC on wildcard weekend, they should not overlook them. You know, they should not Mm -hmm. see that as a, as an automatic stepping stone into the divisional round. And I mean, if the way things are going right now, it could be Seattle, you know, the Seahawks could be the team that has to deal with that. And I don't know, those are the types of games that are really scary. I obviously know it as a Seahawks fan, what they did in the 2010 playoffs after being that team that won the division at seven and nine and were the laughing stock, they went in and they beat the defending Super Bowl champs. So it's not, there's no gimmies. There's no gimmies. These are professional NFL teams. They, on any given day, as we've said before, one team can beat another team. Just a lot of times there's, it's unlikely that sometimes that'll happen. Yeah. 90% of the time it goes chalk and it goes how it's quote unquote should, but let me tell you, Seahawks fans like myself and Steelers fans know it this week. It's not always – it's not a guaranteed. I wouldn't even say 90% of the time. I mean, we have a whole segment called upsetting and upset games. True. There's obviously upset games every week. Yeah. Uh, so, in the spirit of that segment, let's briefly discuss the game that was almost another upset game until it wasn't. The Jets and the Raiders. Yeah. Um, I'm going to flat out ask you, did the Jets throw that game? You know, I didn't watch the game. I went back and watched the – so the play in question, I think, for most people is the the blitz at the end of the game that allowed Derek. the Derek Carr to get off a Hail Mary touchdown. 46 to, yard or something like that. Yeah, to, to get, their, get out of their deficit and win the game you don't blitz on a, on a team that has to throw a Hail Mary. I mean, and I think that, that, that should be your answer. Like, well, yeah, I I mean, I don't, you are a middle school coach, so I don't mean this to sound mean, but middle school coaches know that on a Hail Mary situation, you play a prevent defense and you send the bare minimum people after the quarterback, like three guys max, right? Like three maybe yeah. four you do not bring a house blitz of seven uh, do i think that adam gay said in the huddle before that play to the defense you purposely give up this touchdown no but i think that when greg williams called that play greg williams who now does not have a job called mm. that play he knew what he was doing yeah and and i'm willing to bet that there's a little bit of a adam gay saying we gotta lose this yeah and i and you know once again another uh, another one bites the dust, so to speak, around Adam Gase, but he still has his job. I I don't like it. I I I think Adam Gase needs to go, like not just out of the Jets, but out of football. At least, yeah, at least out of head coaching. But yeah. I think whatever he did in Denver that has then front rolled his success. I was going to say success, but it's not success for anybody. It's his his success of finding jobs, I guess. Yeah. Um, was a fluke because this man has shown time and time again that he cannot utter incompetence. Yeah. Other utter incompetence. You know, he, he screwed over the dolphins who are now, um, finished with their, their tank and, you know, are, are doing well. They're finally out of the hole that Gase dug them into. 
and now the Jets are I mean look at everything that's happened to the Jets they're they're potentially quarterback or their potential franchise QB Sam Darnold has been screwed up beyond belief you know constantly running for his life they've lost arguably their best defensive player to the Seahawks yeah they've ruined a lot of careers and they've seen a lot of others just out the door I mean let's look at just you and me I have as many wins as Adam Gase has this year. (laughs) You have more for Christ's sake. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's just, it's laughable. And if the jets are really out here purposely throwing games to guarantee themselves the number one pick, I like Seattle's chances this week, but it's just, I don't know. Like they invent new ways to lose. It seems like. Yeah. And, and you've got to wonder too, like if it comes out that, you know, they're the, defensive coordinator just got fired you know i'm sure he's probably a little pissed what if he goes to the nfl and says hey i was told i needed to throw this game and then i got fired yeah then you're opening Um, up a whole nother can of worms yeah there could be repercussions there but like what a mess it's either total incompetence by the organization because even you know the defensive players were not like okay this makes sense Oh, as a player, you're competing on every play to win every play. I mean, they weren't – I do not believe the players were out there purposely trying to throw a game. Yeah. And I'm sorry. That's – with what has happened, getting a new quarterback is the least of the Jets' problems right now. Well, it's not going to – we've talked about this before with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. It doesn't fix everything. You know, getting a number one overall pick – even if he is the number one overall pick and rightfully so Trevor Lawrence, if that's what happens, he is not going to be the one that brings this franchise back into the light on his own. Yeah. He is not the football Messiah. No. Even though he does have the luscious long locks. Oh, he does. God, beautiful head of hair on that young man. (laughs) Beautiful hair. Beautiful. We here at the expansion buddies really admire a man's haircut yeah we do we do and uh man trevor lawrence he's up there with the best of them jared as a side note i think our listeners deserve it for the christmas episode i think we need to do a top 10 haircuts in the nfl okay uh, it's the first time here. You're not this. Nearly as excited as I thought no, you'd be. No, I'm all about it. Let's go. I was just saying the first time hearing of it, let's do it. We're making a promise right now on episode 20 Christmas episode. We're going to talk hair people. We're going to talk hair. <laughs> Best football. You know, maybe we'll have to make that one into a video podcast so we can show the people the hair. Okay. Okay. Um, we are either going to gain viewers or we are going to lose viewers. You can't afford to be losing viewers. Let me tell you, <laughs> listeners, Ellen, please don't leave. <laughs> don't stop listening. Kyle. I know you're out there. Please stay guys. We need you. You're our rocks. Um, yeah, I'm all about it. So are we doing just football or all I think sports? We, oh, Can man. it be just players, coaches? Cause we've talked Boy, about McVay. I know, man. I want coaches in there. Cause I mean, you got to put McVeigh. You got to put, you know, Pete Carroll himself. He's got a pretty good head of hair. Yeah, you know, no, he kind of he's got that. Don't forget, don't forget my boy Matt Hasselback. Bald yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh man, there's there's so many good haircuts, and you know you've got. <laughs> I'm not putting it on my list for sure, but you got the Derrick Henry yeah. thing. You got that. 
I mean, what what's the name of that haircut? Like, it's got to have a name, right? The the single pony. I don't know. I don't know what the, you call the that. super dread. Yeah, whatever it is, man, it works for him. Oh, it maybe it's the dread knot. Is it like dreadlocks? You got the dreadnought, you know, like a dreadnought ship. Like as you cannot bring him down. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like a yeah. Anyway, funny thing about hair too in the NFL, totally legal to tackle by it. Totally legal. Yeah. It. Uh, I think it hurts like hell when it uh, happens. I know Marshawn Lynch got a dread ripped out once during a game. Oh God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. But yeah. uh, hey, it just came out that old Marshawn did shots of Hennessy before games. So I don't, maybe he didn't even feel it. I, you know, I, I just thought Hennessy was a PED, but. <laughs> Yikes. All right. If, if it allowed him to truck through things like he did, then it. Yeah. It was clearly okay. Doesn't hurt my feelings any. Uh, but yeah, hair. Hey, what, what were we talking about? Trevor Lawrence. Jets. Yeah, Tre- oh yeah, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be the end all be all answer for the Jets. No, he won't be. Uh, you know, the thing is, wherever he went, uh, that's the th- that's kind of the catch twenty two of it. When you are the number one overall pick, you're going to a pretty bad franchise, and wherever you go, you're not usually going to bring them back on your own. It's just not how it works. Well, and we've even talked before, and and it's been speculated that Trevor Lawrence, if he is the or if the Jets are the number one pick, that he may just Stay not. Yeah. You know, and that comes with its own set of risks, like we've talked about, and he's just going to have to do a little bit of risk assessment and see kind of where he wants his next year and his future to bring him, and I don't know. And I I wouldn't blame him one bit for not, not going to the Jets. That's Well, he's got plenty of evidence in front of him on why it's not a good idea. Well, and that's the thing is too, like there's just such a big risk with putting your body out there. If you're, you're getting thrown into the fire, getting thrown into the crucible that you could have, you know, a major season ending career injury because even as tough as college football is NFL football is harder and yeah, you're, you're stepping it up a, level. Yeah. A college athlete's body is, I, I would argue not ready to go, just all the time, especially taking constant hits like that. No. And if I'm Trevor Lawrence and I do want to go to the NFL next year and it's, I'm either going to say no to the jets or I'm going to request like a meeting with ownership and say, you seriously need to convince me that you are uh, sold on, on helping me and helping this team win. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm having a sit down meeting with people saying, hey, I don't mean to sound selfish or whatever you want to call it, but I'm looking out for, I mean, I am looking out for myself here and there just needs, he he needs to be convinced, I think, or at least I would, that this is the right, the right decision for me. So it's it's like being recruited into college, you know, show me why you're the best school, show me why I should come play for you show me why this is in my best interest. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know, but uh, yeah, interesting times in football right now. The jets make it more interesting, I guess. They, they make it something they do. And uh, I guess let's uh, let's, I, there is something else football related. I want to talk about in high mm-hmm. school, high school football. Uh, Justin, I think, you know, 
I think yeah. by um, now most of our listeners know <laughs> what happened in Texas last week, last Thursday night. What do you know of it, Justin? Uh, just what you've told me. So, so I'd like you to tell me more. I will catch people up to speed on what kind of went down. Uh, it was a playoff game. Texas high school playoff game between the Edinburgh high Bobcats and the far San Juan Alamo high bears. I hope I'm getting that right, <laughs> but uh, they were playing. I think you're okay. They, I don't know what round of the playoffs doesn't really matter. Uh, high school senior on Edinburgh, Emmanuel Duran was ejected from the game for unsportsmanlike conduct, I believe, of some variety. Uh, whatever it was, I'm sure didn't hold a candle to what he did next. After he got ejected, he ran from the sideline and body slammed the official who ejected him. And have you seen the video yet, Justin? I, I have not, no. I saw it once. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> he, he well, and I'm assuming he was in full pads and everything. Oh, yet. yeah. He was dressed out. Uh, from what I read, too, an article said that Duran was their team's, one of their star defenders, quote unquote. So big kid, uh, completely blindsided this referee. Referee's name was Fred Garcia. Teammates had to pull him off. And he had to be escorted out of the stadium, from what I understand, by off-duty police officers. Really ugly, ugly scene. Uh, he was later charged with Class A assault. The referee was taken to an on-site ambulance where he was evaluated for a concussion and a shoulder injury. He did not return to the game, but as far as I know, he's doing fine, which is good. That's good. It, it was just a super... Super ugly situation all around. Uh, I also read too that this kid, Duran, Duran, however you pronounce his name, was kicked off the school's soccer team for something similar. Hmm. And the punishment that came out to the whole team was that they were banned from the playoffs. I think that was the next day that came out. And even though they won the game last Thursday night, they were banned from the playoffs. And I guess my question to you is, is that punishment too harsh? It's a tough one. As a coach's perspective, that's why I'm asking you, as someone who coaches at a, a similar level. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. Because on one hand, as, as you made the point of when we visited about this briefly, it is a team sport. You, you play as a team, you win as a team, you lose as a team. You know, um, as Trill Owen said, it's a team game. We play together. That's my quarterback. <laughs> yes. Um, but after getting ejected, you know, you can. There's only so much you can do, especially in in these COVID times. You can't just send them out to. Uh, well, I guess you could send them to your locker room, but still, then you risk the whole thing of you don't have someone watching him. It, it, it's a whole thing. Well, and I don't know what the protocol is when someone typically gets ejected from a game, if they send somebody to watch him. This I think was pretty much immediately after he was ejected. It, you know, I think he was waiting on the sideline for the ref's verdict and they ejected him. And uh, I think that's when he just kind of snapped. So ultimately it comes down to that's that individual's action. Like as a coach, there's nothing I could have done there unless I was actively like holding him back. 
Um, yeah. And I think some, I mean, like I said, his own teammates after the fact <laughs> pulled him off the official and, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It was the actions of an individual. Yeah. And like in, in the NFL or oh, I'm not going to use the NFL as an example, cause they're, they're different beasts. Um, but you know, I think ultimately it is the action of an individual. There's only so much that you as a coach, as a teammate can do to stop something like that. And I don't think it's fair, especially to the other kids on that team who have already lost so much of, of what makes high school sports so memorable to lose the rest of it. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. And it's something I flip flop on too. Was this punishment the right punishment? Was it not? I do stand by my statement. What I told you before that you, you, you succeed as a team, you fail as a team. It is a team sport, but to kick these kids out of the playoffs, some of them seniors who will maybe never play again. This was it. I don't know. I just, it's such a tough one. Like you said, it is it. Cause this is an extreme punishment, but it's for a pretty extreme thing. Yeah. And I agree. I think, I think that the student that, or the player that assaulted the ref, I think he should absolutely get banned from the playoffs. I think he should lose his season. I think he should have legal actions pressed against him. Well, and what I read too, this kid was a pretty prominent wrestler in that high school. So he should, I, I think. He's probably you know, not going to play high school sports anymore. Yeah. I think that action should be levied against him. Yeah. I, I do not think it is fair to levy in action against a whole team for the actions of one. Yeah. And if the, if what that report was true, that he had done this well on the soccer team is clearly something this kid struggles with. And then that also comes back to a support system question. We don't know, you know, this is potentially something that come, come back from his, his home life. Isn't great. He doesn't have a good support system. So he has these, these rage issues. We don't, I, I don't know. And I don't know if it goes into that in the articles. I doubt it. I, all I know is what I've said. Basically. I don't know anything deeper. And so. you know, even if, if that is the case, you know, the coach could have been talking with him and trying to make a positive influence. Obviously they've played well. And if it hadn't happened in that point to the year before, you know, like you, like you said earlier, something just snapped, but I don't know. I think the, the the cons outweigh the pros in this case about this this punishment yeah it was pretty it was pretty uh, heavy-handed punishment and it was uh you know and my first thought and it was maybe the incorrect first thought to have was i'm not surprised with texas football it's something that i've talked with you about i know many times i really do take issue with the way football is down in that state <laughs> it it is basically a cult it and as especially at the high school i mean at every level um but at the high school level it's just so it's over the top the stadiums the you know there's high schools down there that play in dallas cowboy stadium and i mean this wouldn't this isn't even huge compared to some of the scandals you've seen happen with football in texas whether it be mm -hmm. carter high school and the crap they got into uh, for our layman's listeners out there. If you've ever seen the movie Friday night lights, Carter high was the 
quote unquote bad guys of that movie, the team that beat main team in that movie. But they got into a lot of trouble with a lot of stuff because to a point until it got too big, they could get away with it. And then another thing I will talk about much more in depth uh, at a later date, the sexual assault scandal at Baylor in Waco, Texas, a few years ago. It's mm-hmm. it's just stuff like this that pops up about high school fo- or about football in general in Texas over and over and over again. And yes, it sounds like this is being handled, but I have to ask, is it only being handled this way because it had no choice but to be because of it happened in front of everybody and there's a video on the internet and all this stuff. If if I don't know. I just don't know, but it didn't shock me that it came out of Texas. I, I agree. That's and I mean we live in Montana where where high school football is is very big, but ultimately it is football takes place during football season. You play and then it's over. Yeah. Where I mean, it, it is, yeah, football down in Texas is, it seems like it is just its own beast. It really is. And I mean, at least me, my high school, when I went to high school, we were never really good at football. (laughs) So (laughs) it's not like that there was a lot to, you know, blindly follow and get behind anyway. I mean, some people still did. That's just little town Montana, but. There's only so much to do. Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of the little towns, uh, I think in every state kind of live and breathe their football teams, which is, it's cool to a point, but when it gets to the point where, I don't know, it, it, it has a line, like everything, it has a line, but yeah. And if you haven't already watched, um, like Friday night lights, it, it, it goes into the whole thing. Like, um, you know, like the coaches getting death threats because the football team loses a couple of games. So there was a movie that came out a few years ago. Um, I still feel bad, but I have not watched all of it yet. I'm pretty sure my parents got it for me. It's called undefeated, I think. And it's about a team, a high school team, I think down in Texas who had just this crazy win streak. Like that just went years and years and years and they finally lost. And yeah, death threats happened. Uh, I think it culminated, the movie culminated in one kid got shot. Actually, I don't know if it was because of the loss, but anyway, the point is it's such a high school football is huge in some places, huge, Mm -hmm. huge, huge. Um, and it's to the point where it's a problem sometimes, but, uh, ugly situations, high school football down in Texas last week but it seems to be handled uh, whether it was fairly handled or not. I guess that's up for debate, but yeah, that's uh that's what happened. Let's, let's not end this on a sad note though. Let's yes, I know. Let's should I just tee up? How about them Sounders? Oh my God. That's my shout out. Let me tell you something, people. I have watched the Sounders play for many years now. I've seen them win MLS Cups. I've seen them play and win many playoff games. I've never seen a soccer game like I watched on Monday night. Justin, you know, we were kind of talking a lot last night. uh, And I was watching the game and Seattle fell behind 2-0 and I kind of wrapped it in. (laughs) Yeah, you were kind of like, well, there's no way we make back three goals in 10 minutes. Three goals to come back and to beat Minnesota. Uh, They scored the final goal in the fourth minute of extra time, which uh, the referees only gave four minutes of extra time in the game last night. They scored it right at the end to go up three, two win the match three, two. I was beside myself 
I was jumping up and down. I couldn't believe it. I, like I said, I've never seen a soccer game like that. Honestly, it reminded me of the Seahawks comeback in the NFC championship uh, in 2014 when they beat the Packers. It was the same level-esque comeback uh, if you were to translate it into American football. Uh, so yeah, the Sounders, man, going back to the MLS cup, their fourth MLS cup appearance in the last five seasons, utterly incredible. We've made this joke before. It's very true. I do root for the Patriots of soccer. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, couldn't be happier right now. They're playing Columbus on Saturday night. If they win, I'm going to be ecstatic. If they don't, I'm not going to be too heartbroken about it. Uh, they've done more for me as a fan over the last ever since they became a team really i just yeah i couldn't be happy for them so let's go sounders that is my shout out yeah that's a fair shout out i watched that last goal of the sounders game and that was that was crazy yeah he knocked it in with his head man <laughs> yeah oh a header um I'm trying to think. I don't think I have any shout outs this week. I not actually I do have another though. That's not the Sounders. It's oh, a crazy go. stat. I heard for Vikings rookie receiver, Justin Jefferson. He is only the second player in Vikings history, second receiver to score or to uh, accumulate uh, a thousand receiving yards in his rookie year. Do you know who the other one was? Who? Randy Moss. Oh, back in 98. So the only two Vikings rookie receivers to get a thousand yards. We know how Randy Moss's career turned out obviously, but he's also, I I don't know. He's got, I don't know. He's all right. He's, he's okay. (laughs) But uh, Jefferson also became the fifth wide receiver in the Super Bowl era with 1000 receiving yards in his first 12 career games. The other guys that did that Odell Beckham, Marcus Colston, Anquan Bolden and Randy Moss. That's some pretty good company. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah. So I know that that kid's been tearing it up over there in Minnesota. Pair him with Dalvin Cook, and I, I don't know, man. I think they're going to the playoffs. We'll see. I know Kirk Cousins is still the one throwing the ball, but. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, I will say that's, I think this Vikings game definitely became a must win for the Bucks. Yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, it's all of a sudden kind of an interesting game for sure. I know the statisticians say that if we win it, our chances go into like the eighties or nineties, 90% to, to, to make the playoffs. Okay. But I don't know, man, we've been playing rough lately. I'm not calling it in by any means, but I'm hoping this bye week helped. <laughs> That's yeah, Dude, the bye week. I don't know. Bye weeks are weird. Some, I mean, I've said this to you before. I think your team got really lucky that you got a really late bye week. Yeah, that's always nice. I still think they're they're trying to make up for when we had to take like a week one bye because of the hurricane a couple years ago. That's true. I kind of forgot about that. Were you supposed to play like Miami? Yeah, both yeah. teams had to take a bye that week. We also. Uh, got a really bad schedule last week so this is just karma right because like our first like we had like a stretch of like six road games oh last year yeah last year and our like one home game that was supposed to be in our stretch was a england game so it was a home quote-unquote game (laughs) yeah you just lost an actual home game even the whole paper said it was still (laughs) yeah and we we had a rough season so 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It might be car- the football gods even everything out, unless you're a Browns fan. But hey, they might be doing that right now. So, and I man, let can we talk about that actually real quick before we wrap up? Because I think that was kind of a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about the Browns. Yeah, so the Browns beat the Titans, which yeah, they jumped. Who would have thought? Not me. Huge, huge lead, and then they kind of had to withstand the Titans rally. Um, and yeah, in a battle of eight and three teams, Cleveland is now nine and three. And if Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore is actually playing at the time that we're recording this, they're playing Dallas on Tuesday night here and they shouldn't have a problem with the Cowboys, but we just talked about what happens when you go in with that line of thinking sometimes. Yeah. Baltimore though is all of a sudden at right now I'm actually checking the score it's 10 17 Baltimore's just up by seven so mm-hmm. if they somehow drop one to Dallas or you know there's they're only six and five at the time of recording this Cleveland is a few games ahead of them I mean Baltimore might not make the playoffs this year that that's crazy to me As but team, I think maybe karma dictates that the Baltimore don't make it or the yeah the Ravens their their handling of this whole COVID thing has not been great no, I'll say that the football gods answer to everything. They just don't always answer the way you like sometimes, but uh, yeah, kudos to the Browns. Uh, really going to be cool to see them in the playoffs again. Probably. I mean, they'd have to have a epic collapse at this point, I think to not make the playoffs, but this is mm-hmm. one of the most snake bitten franchises in sports. So let's yeah. not count anything out yet. I think, I think they did the Browns defense held well against Derrick Henry. Yeah, they um, did. <laughs> I have Henry on my fantasy team and he did nothing. As you know, I played you this week. Yeah. Yeah. I lost pretty horribly. Yeah. still got the win. Yeah, unless, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, my fantasy team has been bitten by the COVID bug. So we're just done for the year. You're calling it. That's, I mean, that's fair. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I needed to win, I think, a couple of games here in this stretch. And then I think mathematically you have to call it. Yeah. But uh, it's all right. You're 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 still our defending champ right now. You. I am. You can't and, be too sad. Yeah. Oh, boy. The Cowboys are fighting to get field position for the end of this half right now. I see that. And Andy Dalton's making some pretty decent throws. Man, maybe we spoke too soon on our upset game. Would that be more of an upset if – Dallas beat Baltimore. That would be more of an upset, I think, to me. That'd be pretty um, bad. Because with where Dallas has just been at this year, I mean, yeah, yeah. I well, I don't know that I don't. I'm not convinced that they're gonna pull this out. I'm not either. But I guess that's why they call it an upset. Yeah. So Ooh, excuse me. Well, I think that's a sign that we need to wrap her up here. Yeah, we're we're just shy of an hour, I think. Yeah, uh, we are about at an hour right now, so uh, we will bring this episode episode 20 like i said of the expansion buddies to a yeah. close god 20 in we've i know that's remember, 20 weeks that's like five months man remember when this was just a twinkle in our eye this podcast and now it's a thing i mean it was a twinkle for a while though you gotta admit it was we we held on to this idea for a long time and here we are 20 episodes in and no intentions to slow down anytime soon Oh, I don't know when football's over. I mean, then we got to talk basketball and that's just the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just watch it, just watch it more. And then it won't be a whole thing. 
Man, I hardly have time to watch football. Oh, that's basketball is like every day a week. Okay, but when like March, I don't, I don't leave the school until like six p.m., dude. I know, I know. Maybe not NBA. Don't don't waste a Wednesday night watching some who cares NBA game. But like when March Madness gets here, you gotta watch some of that. I'll I'll watch March Madness. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, Well, we're gonna we're gonna throw in the towel on this episode everyone thank you again for tuning in and for bearing with us through another episode of the expansion buddies podcast we will thanks kyle thanks mom we will uh we will publish for you every thursday as we have as we will continue to do you can find us on itunes spotify google podcast check us out on twitter at the expansion bu1 and never forget Party like it's 1976.